0: Radio City Talks Sporting Heroes. You're listening to the Sporting Hero Podcast from Radio City Talk. My name's Matt Jones and uh, this afternoon's guest is an actor whose face you will definitely know uh, from your TV screens. He's been in the likes of The Bill and Coronation Street. He's been on the stage as well performing in numerous musicals and other productions and he's someone who is a massive, massive Evertonian as well. Uh, it's a warm welcome to Andrew Lancel. Nice to be back up the tower, as they say. Yeah, Great to have you in. And let's just have a little chat about your career first of all and mm. what a role of honour have kind of got on that imdb record as such yeah i don't look at it myself but it's uh,
1: it, it, yeah it's sort of um it's over 30 years now uh, i did a series 20 years ago called queer as folk and so uh, which is now um, it had like anniversaries and celebrations and uh, i met my wife at exactly the same time So while I was doing my sort of 20th Valentine's Day, I was reading these articles about what we were doing 20 years ago. And when you start talking in multi-decade digits, you realise you've been doing it for quite a long time. And I have been doing it for quite a long time and
0: um, I'm very lucky. You've done the likes of Coronation Street, the Mm -hmm. Bill. What's Mm -hmm. the favourite thing that you've, you've worked on?
1: Well, of course, covering Pete Price's radio show. <laughs> um, you know, I, it's, people ask me that a lot. I mean, there's favourite shows. I mean, I've just finished Scylla, the musical, which we did for a, you know over a year on the road, and that was an absolute joy. Playing Brian Epstein for the you know fifth time, he's been a big part of my life. Um, the build changed my life after years of doing lots of drama and sort of heavy theatre and stuff, and um, uh, I've been working a lot with Bill Kenwright doing musicals in the last few years. But I probably would have to say that the happiest job I ever had was Coronation Street. It was, um, you know, not a nice part, not a nice man, but the nicest cast and crew. I was always a fan. I think I probably enjoyed it because it was a finite gig. I knew I was only there for a while. Hmm. I was going to do something and leave. And so, probably role wise, I would have to say Brian Epstein in the West End. That was an honour to do that. Uh, and probably, yeah, Corey. Played Brian Clough as well. I did play Brian Clough three years ago. Um, yeah, in the Dam United, that was. Um, I only played Brian's. No, uh, it, it's that was that was a challenge. I needed to sort of flex my muscles, and I wasn't sure about doing it. They asked me to play it's a adaptation of the book in the Dam United. Everyone that's in the film, so there was quite a lot of pressure on it. And actually, it was uh, it was one of the people who made me decide to do it was David Unsworth, who was um, who's a, you know now a friend and uh, obviously very involved in Everton. And I said they want me to play Brian Clough in the Dam United. And he said, well, you've got to do that, haven't you? And I said, well, I'm not sure, actually. It's a bit of a, you know, I'm a bit worried about it. He went, well, if you don't do it, someone else will do it. I went, oh, yeah, that's a good point. That's (laughs) a very good point. (laughs) So I did it. Yeah, and that was good fun. I'm I'm very fortunate with the roles I get, you know, and uh, uh, long may it last. Is acting something that you'd always wanted to pursue as a kid growing up? I think so. When I realised I wasn't going to be right-wing for Everton, it was, um, (laughs) uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I did it very young. I was doing theatre and television professionally when I was 14, I used to tour old people's home. I started my own theatre company with my friend Paul. Uh, we did, pu- we played prisons and hospitals, and uh, I sang in cabaret all over the place. Um, and so it was just a natural progression, but I was living in a rural community in Talton and Rufford, and uh, everybody, including me, worked on the market gardens and the farms, and um, it was quite unusual, and I would be saving up my pennies for auditions and things. And so... Uh, uh, I think I always people tell me now I was always very driven as a kid. I don't remember that it was just always a natural thing. That's what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. and I I, I I worked. I did a lot of Amdram and local theatre, and it wasn't until I sort of got into my early twenties that things changed. I got a series called Cardiac Arrest, which was written by Jeb who who's now Rest the Bodyguard and Line of Duty, doing very well. Um, and that, but that was a long time coming. Uh, you people, you know that that phrase overnight success is. I think is an absolute urban myth it took a a long time for me to get uh, my foot in the door and thankfully on the whole um, the door's always been open and like I say it might hit a body close tonight now, but um, I've been at home for the last couple of months. I've had some time off. We had a new baby 18 months ago, and my son's 11, and so it's been nice to have a breather and be home in, in Liverpool because I've been on the road for four years.
0: Absolutely, and I wanted to mention what is life on the road like for an actor because you must be spending so long away from home and from your family. It must feel like... Quite a drag at times, but then when you go on stage and you put in that performance, it's all worth it.
1: It depends on the show. But uh, I live in, a, you know, live in a, a villagey part of Liverpool, and so I'm going to have to travel to go to work. Uh, some dads go to war; it's not the end of the world. It, it is hard. <clears throat> the thing that's changed in uh, recently is the internet, and so you can put your kids to bed on the internet. You know, you can, I can speak to Isaac all the time, Skype, FaceTime, all that stuff makes a huge difference. Um, it's hard. It's hard, but it's a good hard, I suppose. Mm. Um, And it's a small country. You can get back from anywhere. You you can travel like going to the match. You can can get anywhere in the day.
0: Absolutely. It's Radio City Talk, and I'm doing a Sporting Hero with Andrew Lancel uh, this afternoon on Full Time. Uh, You've already mentioned them a couple of times. uh, The Blues Mm. uh, are your team, very much of an Everton persuasion. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Why wouldn't you be? I don't understand anybody who isn't.
0: <laughs> um, yeah,
1: Everton have been a big part of my life and my, uh, my family's life since, um, you know, the 30s and the 20s, and uh, I've been going since I was uh, five, six years old, you know, which is a long time, and it's over 40 years. And, you know, in the last few years when I've been able to be involved in the club a little bit with Everton in the community and Radio Everton and, and lots of functions and getting to know players and former players, and of course I've worked with the chairman very closely, um, it's an honour but it is um, mad. It's mad. You know, uh, I'm very fortunate and I know, you know, I've, I've, I've literally sat round the ground over the years. You know, I started in the main stand of Gladys Street I was in Upper Bullens and now I'm back in the main stand and um, it's always been a part of my life and, it's, uh, um, and my son now, who's 11, we travel around going to games. Um, I remember watching players. I used to get the bus from Tarleton 761 bus used to go down the A59 used to take hours and we used to, have to go so early you'd see the players two players lived in Tartan, Trevor Stephen and Gary Lineker and we used to see them drive together yeah and this is in about 1984 or 85 and uh, we'd see them drive together and you know, like in the smart cars and we'd get on the bus and years later years and years later <coughs> I uh I got to know Trevor Stephen and he used to stay in my house and I'm like this is this is this only our job can do that kind of thing and it, I always remember that and I remember getting me um they had a thing called Junior Evertonian, I think this was about 1983, so before things started getting really good, uh, and it was quite, you know, uh, a long way to go on my own, 12, 13 years old, and I got to Everton at 9 o'clock in the morning, and they had a thing, and I think you paid like two quid, and you got a badge, you got a, a pass as a Junior Evertonian, and you get into Gladys Street for one pound fifty or whatever it was. And so I got there, and I was first there, uh, there was no one behind me, so I was convinced I was going to be junior Evertonian number one and I was like this is going to be fantastic and I got there and he stamped me got my passport picture and it said 006 (laughs) and I was like what there's no one here I've traveled there's no one before but obviously staff had got their kids once and it haunted me for years (laughs) but I've still got it I've still got I've still got the pass
0: brilliant brilliant and just in terms of being an Evertonian
1: then can you remember your first game yeah I can, it was against Bolton and uh, um, it's it's hazy, I was very young, I was on my dad's knee um, and I remember all those players, I remember standing around seeing those players, those heroes of mine coming out and getting the autographs as a tiny little boy, you know Mick Lyons, Dave Thomas, uh, you know um, total heroes and gods to me and, 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 and even now and, uh, and none more so than my sporting hero.
0: Well let's get on to your sporting hero then, it must be someone from a, a blue background. Very
1: much so, yeah, um a legend of everton, um a legendary, nice man, an unassuming man, a predator of a player, and uh I chose him because i mean this my sporting hero they're all heroes, even now, you know i, I could sit here and talk about Howard Kendall, you know, am I you know a, a god to me in many ways, and someone I got to know, and I could talk about Neville Southall, I could talk about Trevor Steve, all of them. You know, and I focused on football because it's such a big part of my life. But my first hero, my first name on my shirt, uh, and my first poster was Bob Latchford, and um, my fantasy football league team is still called Latchford United. (laughs) Um, There was just something about him; um, he he just looked like a footballer as a little boy. You know, I mean, I was only I was I was four when he joined the club. You know, and four, three, two, eleven. And of course, there was that season when he scored the 30 league goals. I wasn't there for the 30th goal. I was there for uh, the week before. But um, uh, And I, he just always epitomised to me what, what a striker should be. You know, he could head it anywhere and he would score inside and outside the box. And um, I had this poster up. I had the Beatles behind me and Bob Latchford on his knees celebrating the 30th goal. And then uh, years and years later, we started working together doing uh, some charity events and stuff, and he is the most unassuming Quiet um he's had tragedy in his life um he perhaps didn't really get the recognition for his for his country like he should have done though he scored goals for England when he played um he, he, Don Revy seemed to ha- seemed to have <coughs> quite a few issues with Everton players for a while but um you know and everton didn't win anything in the seventies people talk about that, but I think half of the seventies we would have finished in champions League place so um it, perhaps we we were the nearly team, but they say you never meet your heroes well so I disagree. And I've met quite a lot of the Everton players and some of them have become friends, like I say, about Howard. But there's a calmness about Bob and a, 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 a unassumingness about him which seemed to be on the pitch and off the pitch. And so when I got asked to come in and talk about my sport hero, the first name in my head was
0: Bob Latchford. Just looking at his career statistics, well over 100 goals for Everton. Uh, five goals in 12 games for England, of course, played for Birmingham, Swansea, NEC uh, Brader, Coventry, Lincoln Newport County and Merthyr Tidfield as well. Top scorer for Everton four years in a row 1975, 76, 77, and 78. That's not a bad thing. Yeah, he was the so highest I... goal
1: scorer um, for Everton until Graham Sharp yeah, years later. And this is quite a, a, a irony because he was a Birmingham boy, he's a brummy, and he came to Everton as part of an exchange deal with Howard Kendall and Archdales and, and 80 grand, I think. And so we lost Howard to gain Bob. Which obviously, you know, uh, who who is greater? Who is a greater Evertonian than Howard Kendall? And so what, Howard coming back in the year that you know Bob left and all that. There's all this kind of serendipity, all this kind of uh, karma going on. But uh, yeah, and I remember when he came back, he was playing for Coventry, and I remember him coming back, and I was in the Gladys Street, and he turned round and sort of waved to the fans, and I was convinced as of you know <laughs> he was absolutely waving to me. I was gutted when he left, and of course, I heard that Bob Latchwood was leaving Everton. Um, on the news on the television not a text or a red button or the internet it was so so different then watching football was different then everything's changed of course he never scored against Liverpool which is uh, obviously uh, it, it does haunt him because I've asked him and uh, one of one of, I used to do and I still do interviews for Everton for their archive and for the collection the Everton collection and I interviewed Bob Latchard in the dressing rooms and um, can you imagine what that was like for me just <laughs> sitting there in the dressing rooms interviewing my hero Nervous. He was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was actually because he's very quiet, and when I've done evenings with him, it's quite. He'll be the first to admit he's um, he's not the most razzle dazzle talkative man. Um, another reason why. He's a hero to me because I think he just carries himself um, in, a, in a very calm and real way. And also there's a famous story that when he won the £10,000 for scoring uh, the 30 league goals, he shared it with all his team. It ended up costing him money because he had to pay tax on the £10,000, but he'd given uh, 80% of it away. So it actually cost him to break that record. <laughs> but uh, it was an incredible thing. And I remember the, the hoo-ha, you know, as a seven, eight-year-old when, when that happened. Um, it, it was kind of unheard of.
0: A wonderful man, wonderful career as well, and a a true Everton great and a perfect sporting hero as well. So, Andrew, thank you for sharing that with us this afternoon. My pleasure, mate. My pleasure. Actor Andrew or picking his uh, Sporting Hero on Radio City Talk's Sporting Heroes podcast. My name's Matt Jones and uh, you can catch me on Radio City Talk every weekday uh, from 3 until 6.30. I do Sporting Heroes on a Wednesday, but there's loads of other stuff on the show uh, besides that. Plenty of Liverpool and Everton chat and basically any sport that's happening in Liverpool, I'll be covering it. So if you want to tune in, you can get us on DAB or AM. 1548 in the northwest of England and North Wales. Plus, you can ask your Alexa to play Radio City Talk and you'll get us that way as well. And don't forget to hit subscribe and you can catch another Sporting Heroes next week.